Matitini Mamanu Karapatifai. By large numbers, will the chase be spread out? Justin Ho. Welcome to Tiahika, our Kopapa Māori show here on Radio New Zealand National. For the last week, we've turned on our televisions, heard it on the radio, and you may even have seen it at your local supermarket. The week o Te Reo Māori was celebrated this week, with the theme being kai, food. Aira, kuera te kaupapa o tēnei wiki e whakanuiake i tō tātou reo rangatira. Ko ngā kaupapa e whaiaki nei. Coming up on Te Ahika, Glennis Philip-Barbara is the new CEO of Te Tauraferi i Te Reo Māori. That's the Māori Language Commission. She's moved from her hometown of Gisborne, and even though she's humbled by getting the top job, she reflects with Justine about the daunting interview process. It's right up there as one of the most scary, um, challenging experiences of my life. I mean, I was interviewed by the creme de la creme of the real, of the real yep. Māori-speaking world uh, in Māori. So you can imagine... Scary. Yeah. <laughs> Glennis Philip-Barbara, the new CEO of the Māori Language Commission, coming up later on. Kia ora, kia ora. What are we after today, ma'am? How are you doing? Three dog bones for today. Hi, my big boy will love you. Hi, hi. 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 Kia ora, nā reira e a kūraurangatira mā, whakarongo tonu mai mō tēnei haora. I te mea, kueranga hua e heke mai nei. Stick around folks for the next hour here on Te Ahika. Ko te mea tuatahi. Te Ahika is opened each week with a whakatauki and what you may not know is unless it's a special broadcast, it will be a female's voice you hear. That's in reference to the kāranga by a woman being the first thing heard as you are welcomed onto a marae. Towards the end of each Te Ahika broadcast, you'll hear its translation. Now the translation is provided by that person who explains how that whakatauki applies to them. So here's an example. Nō te rauro, nāku te rauro, ka ora ai te iwi. Me here, my Justine. Can you explain what that means? Yep, so this whakatauki means with your basket and my basket we can feed the people. So this can literally mean a shared meal near Maraia. Uh, for example, on Friday just past, we hosted a shared meal for our colleagues here at Radio New Zealand National. That was a way of marking the end of Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. Aida, and a lot of hard work behind it, but it also applies to uh, marae sitting there. With my contribution to the tepu, that's table, and what you bring, then there will be kai for the people. And there's always enough to feed people if we all pitch in, so I'll say it again. No te raurau. With your basket. Naku te raurau. And my basket. Kia ora te iwi. The people will be sustained. It can also apply to some situations like working towards a common goal or a project, which brings us to what the kaimahi at te reo or taranaki are doing to further nurture and promote the language of their rohe or area. Yep. So in terms of the language of taranaki rohe. Roe. 
I, it can be applied to this kaupapa with my basket or my contribution and yours, then the iwi will be sustained. In this case, the future survival of Te Reo Rangatira. And that's what Te Reo o Taranaki is all about. Justine visited Ruakere Hond, Māori Language Commissioner and Te Reo Māori Advocate. Kei roto tāua i te, te whare o uh, Te Reo o Taranaki, ana koene te tomatau tari, uh, あ、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え
um, haven't had a lot of exposure to reo. And so um, the, uh, many of them are starting to learn now. And so there's a quite a large group of pa'ake within Taranaki who are starting to learn, uh, starting fresh. Mm. Um, but many of them, they spoke Māori when they were young, um, but didn't speak it at all when they left home. Yes, and that's um, a very common kōrero throughout the motu. Um, so what does the core seven staff part-time and three full-time do here, um, Ruakere? Actually, um, the, um, the numbers of staff um, changes depending on what, sort of, of what sorts of projects we have underway. Um, so most of the staff are, um, are part-time, but the, the key project areas we have is our, um, what we refer to as Putero Tiriata, which is our digital archiving um, strategy project area where um, we, we've really just, we've, we've done a lot of planning and it's going online um, and, and so we're getting prepared for that. We've got um, a lot of recordings and digitising um, material, manuscripts, photographs, um, video and audio, um, which is quite a large project. Um, and so, and, and we have our, um, our programme, we have programmes that are running through educationally for adults and those, those are primarily focused in on, on our kaumatu, on our pa'ake, but also our high proficiency speakers. Um, there's, there are a lot of programs out there that are teaching real, uh, and so a lot of our focus is on that way. How do we um, make that real that people know more taranaki-oriented? And so a lot of our focus goes on to that, so to include the, the identity of, of language. Um, so a large part of our, our activities are in education, and um, we're just about to start a um, an after school um, tamariki tamariki tour, or we we call it tu tu kaikaa, um, which is our um, our tamariki working with their parents in Reo, um encouraging uh, activity between parents and children um, in an activity not too dissimilar to the the concept of Boy Scouts Girl Guides, but very much from a Māori focus. So not so much looking at at um, using their model of, of content, but all using traditional um, uh, content, particularly looking at how we can encourage uh, communication between parents and children in real, and so that they can take that, that interaction out and back into their home environment. And this would be obviously a total immersion environment. Um, yes, absolutely, mm. yeah. So um, our primary mm. focus and initial focus is to how do we support our kura kaupapa, um, we're, this, it's very much a pilot at this stage, so it's it's something that we're we're just about to kick off, and we're hoping that um, later on, once once it actually gets underway properly, and we we get the model work, ticking over well, then we'll be able to transfer it into other kurakaupapa in Taranaki. Can you repeat the name of this initiative? Tukaika. Tukaika. Mm. Kapai. If we can go back a little bit, you spoke about um, digi- digitizing. Is that, I mean, that is a very clever way of using what we have in terms of technology, which is where everyone's heading these days, to revitalise te reo, te reo taranaki. Well, the, the, when you don't have um, many of the old um, pa'ake um, around working alongside rangatahi, the, the digital resources, particularly the audio resources, are, are hugely valuable. And so the idea of pulling those together... Uh, and creating archives, not just a central archive, but encouraging uh, individual whānau to, st- to start archiving their content, their, their material, to interview their own, their own people and to, to, to maintain control over those, um, and then to be able to manage it with some sort of online database. Um, 
that's really what the aim is, and to encourage everyone to get in, involved with with recording. We we we're at a point here in Taranaki that whenever Māori is spoken, um, we we have the view that it should be recorded. Uh, there's so so little of it available now in Taranaki that um, any opportunity where reo has been has been spoken, particularly in in, in Taranaki reo. On the marae. On the marae everywhere, etangihanga, the whole lot. We 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 try to encourage Fano to record those those um, events, and then um, if they if they don't want them made available to others, that's fine as long as they know that they've got a resource there available for their their access in the future. But at the same time, we're wary about people feeling that by archiving things digitally that they're they're able to maintain their ill in that way. But it's very much a um, a short-term um, solution to what we're losing currently, but there is no substitute to Fano taking hold of this project of using their reo and learning and speaking their reo in the home to make it um, sustainable in the long term. So in, in, in this, in working through this initiative, Ruakiri, um, within your Taranaki Fano and the wider Fano of, um, of the Rohe, I mean, do they do many people grasp it, or do are they like, what? What are you talking about? Digitising? What is that? Do they um, accept it? Do they embrace it? I, I think there's generally there's a there's a lot of um, support for this. However, there are there are big question marks that, that, that pop up every Copyright. time. Copyright, intellectual well, property, intellectual property, those sorts of things. But I think um, the the key thing for a lot of people is that they've um, they've heard horror stories of of how things have happened in the past. Um, how certain things are being recorded and then um, people that have held on to them so that no one else has access to them and then they use it for whatever purposes or um, those sorts of concepts that are, are in people's minds obviously when they when they start to question the idea of an archive but if in actual fact whānau themselves have control over those resources um, and that by providing them with the right sorts of equipment so that they can capture it appropriately and then start to look at what what benefits there are in having this resource and how they can use them appropriately to pass this quarter on to their children and their children's children, um, those question marks start to look a lot smaller than they were when they first were raised in the in the hui. But the the other thing is just simply seeing recording devices on Marae is becoming a, a much more commonplace nowadays. And so in the past, yeah. in the past, you put a microphone anywhere <laughs> near a hui and um, there would be an uproar. Uh, nowadays, it's quite common to see two or three microphones in Taranaki at, at hui, and and I think people. Uh, aren't so much questioning the need to capture and to to retain kōrero in that way, but they're more questioning well, what? How do we manage it beyond this? And and that okay, we're capturing it, but it's not about capturing and putting it in a glass cabinet somewhere away from use. Right. It's how mm-hmm. do we how do we get the most out of these recordings? And so, um, a lot of people are starting to say, well, if we record our tangihanga. Um, then how do we make that available to our tamariki so that they can actually hear the kōrero that took place at the tangihanga of their kuia, of their great-grandmother, great-grandfather who have passed away 20, 30 years ago? It is amazing to Wikiri, like, um, especially with my mahi and how we have um, you know, Radio New Zealand archives and, what, 40 years later you can hear the whai kōrero at, say, the tangihanga of hōhua tūtengai here, and you're right, it is just so precious, so I... Tika, tika tau kōrero. Um, Ruakira, you're heavily involved with, obviously, te reo and um, atarangi as mm. well. 
Well, then Atarangi was more of my, um, through my mother, really. My mother was um, sold on the concept of um, Atarangi from very early on, and the piece Atarangi was just really becoming established. And I um, became involved initially, then went off and did lots of other things, and then um, really the the concept that um, that you can learn and um, just using your using your ears and practicing speaking was um, was a, is I think a very powerful concept and and the thing that I, I like most about being involved with Aotearoa is that we're not it doesn't require people to be um, highly qualified um, to understand heaps of theory and things like that although that sometimes helps in some situations but. At the end of the day, it's about um, speaking and allowing others to speak. And how you manage that is, is, is actually quite a practical and, and fairly straightforward process. And particularly when you use um, Cuisinier rods to lay down and, and present examples and for people to follow the corridor that you're laying out before them, um, I believe is a very powerful community resource. It's a it's a resource that doesn't reside in books and and um, and research. Yeah. It resides in people's minds and their experience. And I believe it's a very empowering kaupapa. Um The fact that it it's a it's a people based resource. It's a people based kopapa. So then, what do you think about um, uh, wānanga reo such as kura reo and panekiritanga? Do you think that perhaps um you have to be obviously a certain level in te reo to attend those wānanga ne. I, I think that um, the panekiretanga and kura reo are hugely valuable, absolutely valuable, um, particularly for a lot of people who who um, very seldom come into contact with high um, high levels of language proficiency, and um, and and are surrounded by others who are in a similar um, a similar line of thought who are looking to, to develop those skills. So it, I think it's hugely valuable. And, and the other thing is that um, in, a, in an environment such as Panekiretanga, there's a, um, a level of language development that takes place, raising the bar on, on a regular basis. Um, without those, those sorts of environments, I think um, Reo Māori would be hugely... Um, at a, would have lost a huge potential. So um, panekiretanga and kurareo, um, I believe, are, are, are hugely valuable. At the same time, however, I think communities themselves need to, to set up their own kurareo and set up their own panekiretanga. Um, it's something that we we look to try and establish here in Taranaki, is that um, communities themselves need to identify what is their level of proficiency they want to achieve, set their standards, and then instil those standards in amongst their own people. Um, and if there are opportunities for those people to go outside of the region and to upskill themselves and and to develop their proficiency beyond where where it's occurring locally, and then bring that corridor back, is um, a, a, again, I think it's a part of a, a wider picture of what we're trying to achieve with language revitalisation. Hmm. If we just um, mention, um, di- in particular, um, dialects. Ruakere, do you think it's important for, for Māori to, when you mention clubs, and there are certainly clubs or little hubs popping up all over the Motu, um, to learn their own dialect? Well, the, I think the the focus tends to be more language-focused on, on language, um, region, we could refer to it as regional language variation, so variations that occur regionally um, and locally. Sometimes it's a, uh, one particular marae has has certain language characteristics that, that distinguish them. I, I, I tend to look at it more of how do you instill a, a sense of local identity 
and and when you come down to it, um, many of the things that that help identify a particular group in in a community are the things such as their um, their their tikanga, the way they operate, their their concepts of history, um, the the history they they pass down, the whakapapa they share. But one of the key things that um, that distinguishes them almost immediately in most environments is their real. And so it's not so much about seeking to retain the real simply because it's some sort of resource that we've, like um, um, an environmental resource that you've got to ensure that you've got a certain amount there for the future. This is a resource that is something that is growing, that is developing, that um, it's an integral part of the identity of that community. And that community, if they if they are able to harness those characteristics to help pull them together into a tighter, more cohesive group and, and functioning better as a, as a whānau, as a marae, as a hapu and as an iwi, um, that's a huge resource that, um, that they, um, they are able to implement to move on into other areas as well. So when we talk about dialects and what do we do, mm. um, I think rather than, than focus in on the differences and the, and the variations, I think it's more about where is the, what capacity does that community have to retain and to use certain characteristics that they want to see and they want to identify themselves by, uh, rather than simply retaining language for the sake of um, a certain few certain yeah. features. <laughs> Kia ora, well, then we'll, we'll just move into the kaupapa but then of um, Te Reo Taranaki. Now there is a you spoke about using technology and digitising, and there is the website Te Reo Taranaki website, and I mean this is just another way of reaching. To, to Māori or to Taranaki um, Uri about learning their language? Well, Te Reo Taranaki website is up, yes. but the actual digital archive no, no, site yes. isn't up yet because we're still um, um, putting the data and the information in. So we're, when it is run, there is something there for people to go and, and see and, and to use. Is that website, sorry, um, Ruakira, is that website um, um, administered here? Is um, set up here? Yes. yes yeah, yeah, on, obviously. On so you've got a lot of um, IT... Um, savvy. No, um, you don't need much. No, don't you? Savviness in, in <laughs> the website's uh, beautiful. Websites. You click it open. There's a picture of Taranaki Maunga. Uh, then there's music. Yeah, so you have website designers and things. <laughs> One of the things that we're we're struggling with at the moment is that. Um, uh, it's quite easy to pay a Sunflash web designer <laughs> to go and um, set up your site, but then to manage it beyond that development is quite a major step. And, and like, as you as you uh, rightly assume, that to to continue to manage some of those sites, you need someone who's a real um, web geek to <laughs> who, who's that's their <laughs> that's their passion. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm. but the reality is if you're trying to get um, wider community involvement in these activities, it needs to be so quite simple to to use and to, and to develop and to have involvement in. And so um, we're in the process also of looking at, at easier ways of managing the website so that there can be greater involvement of others in that process mm. as well. But the other thing is we don't have lots of resources <laughs> to be able to spend on a whole lot of real um, technical people. Kia ora, rua kere hond, no tarnaki tūturu. Ko ia hoki te tahi o nga kai kumihana mo te tarawhiri i te reo Māori, a Māori language commissioner which basically involves advocating te reo Māori. Kind of like an ambassador. He was talking with Justine. He rawe tō rātou mahi ne maraia. To listen to the programme again, head to radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. And whānau mā, to get a heads up on what's happening on the show, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. 
and peep out our Facebook page too. You'll find the link on the webpage. I'm Mariah Rakaraku. And I'm Justine Murray. Kei te whakarongo koutou ki te ahikā i runga i te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kei te whakarongo maera ki te ahikā. Fitting A that our next guests are involved in the kai industry, given the theme this year for Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori is kai. Let's see if you can guess what they do. There's something about Ōtiki that reminds me of a small town. You have people driving in cars and waving hello to each other from the other side of the road, kind of stopping mid-journey mid to talk to each other. Tamariki walk to school, no dropping off. And if there's something that reminds me of a small town more than anything, it's this. Kia ora, kia ora. What are we up to today, ma'am? How are you today? Two dog bones for today. Hi, <laughs> 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 Well, Cardiff, I went to Burn Chapman talk to Ingwa. Uh, no, hoki anga, uh, hoki no uh, at the moment, I'm on a uh, butcher's apprenticeship. Uh, we w- work here in Otaki Meats, here in Otaki. Yeah, what do you want Karen, me to put off? You're a bit of a talker, Karipa. Aye. You're pretty sweet. You're a butcher. Aye, aye. And you're butcher, doing a butcher, butcher's apprenticeship. apprenticeship? At the moment, yeah. Uh, Second year at the moment. How long does it take? Um, about four years. Yeah, it takes about four years for a butcher apprenticeship. Depending pretty much on your hours as well, because you have to um, pretty much um, do... A certain amount of hours, along with paperwork as well. But so it's like training to be a pilot, kind of. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But the only reason why I got into the butcher butcher game is because I kind of like, kind of wanted to use the skill back on the marae. Eh? Because I got Yeah, a lot you'll of be very popular at the marae with pretty your uh, silver glove. Tera, tera. <laughs> be, uh, move over, cousins. I'll have a turn move on that over, one. Watch a real person do it, there, bro. Tera, tera. Oh, no, None of this home killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it was a good school to learn, you know, good school to know, take it back on the marae, use it with the whānau, yeah. Now, what I want to know is, this must be the only butcher I've ever come to in Aotearoa, where the signs, mona mitzi, ke roto i te reo māori. Yeah, no, well, from my understanding, I think it is one of the only butchers in Aotearoa that has Māori signage and things like that. Um, I think the reason why he, because like when I first started here, um, how long ago was that, Karipa? I was about uh, two years ago. Like myself, I like to relate towards the customers. Like if a Maori person comes in, I'll come and oh, kia ora, kei te pihi koe. I'll just speak their language, you know. Our so, language, yeah. Like, <laughs> but like if a Pākehā comes in, like, how's it going, mate? Howdy, howdy. What are we after today? So yeah, I pretty much just like to relate towards the customer itself, eh, you know? Just pretty much make them feel at home, make them feel like they're, they're wanted. So do you have customers coming in and asking for koiwi puaka? Um, or well, do they ask for pork bones? Yeah, usually ask for pork bones because um, I'm, not, I'm not actually too sure on that te kupu koiwi at this stage. Like, we've had a couple of customers come in and say... Koiwi mo te tinana o te tangata. So that's kind of... But we kind of got that kupu from the Kapiti Coast Council itself. 
and they're the ones who kind of brought that forth. But yeah, no, we're still having a bit of a debate over that one at the moment, te kupu koiwira. And what about the rarakaki rime? Yeah, no. Lamb neck chops. Lamb neck chops, yeah, no, that's pretty tika tera, tera kupu. It's just a piece of koiwi. Aye, aye, no, te kupu koiwi. We need some customers oh, no, to come inside and see you in your oh. element. Tina Kui, I'm just recording. I don't mind. You want me to? Let's go, man. How can I help you? Might wave me up a piece of the steak, um, the porterhouse steak, please. Yeah, can I have this one here that's looking at me? Yeah, sure. Another one? Yes. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 18 grams. Oh no, 188 grams. Do you want me to tell you much? Special It's two dollars and fifty cents. Yep, that's fine. And can I have um, two of your pork sausages? Yes, please. And two beef. Fire, do you always come here to get your meat? I I do. Has it been here forever, this butcher? Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and look at how beautiful the meat looks. I don't eat meat, but even I would be tempted by that. Um, you know, I'm not a great meat eater, but I do come here for my meat. Because it looks so um, fresh. They are. And the taste is great. Noku Naina, are you from here? I, e hari au i te wānana, i te ako te reo. So that was two beef and two pork, was it? Yes, please. Sure. And that's me, I think. You know what, you kind of look a little bit like John Kerwin. John Kerwin? Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Oh, no, oh my God, the youth of the world. <laughs> he was only like one of the greatest rugby players ever, all John blacks. Kerwin. Never he knows, he's just been humble. He's like one of the most famous butchers in New Zealand. Who, John Kerwin? Yeah. How much is Otaki Butchery, Main Street, Otaki. Otaki Meats and the happiest apprentice butcher I've encountered in a while, Kāripa Winterburn with Hayden O'Gillahan. If you get a chance, whānau, pop in and say kia ora. As another Māori Language Week comes to an end, we should add that for many out there, this week is just the norm. But big ups to those who have jumped on the waka to support the week. Here's a few kai words to help you out in your journey of learning te reo Māori. Pata is butter. That's a transliteration because both the Māori and English sound very much alike. Guess what this is? Tiakarete. Yep, it's chocolate. Inu is the Māori word for drink. And if I were to say to Mariah, Kaite hia inu kwe, I'd be asking, Do you want a drink? And I'd be saying, Kao, no. Anei etahi atu o kupu. Here's a few more words for your kete. Keke, another transliteration is cake. Parawa is bread and kuku is muscle. You may have heard the word kihini for kitchen, but here's a couple of other words like farekai, which can be used for a cafe or restaurant, and kaita can be used for kitchen or a cookhouse. And in the kitchen you can find a omu or umu, that's an oven. My nanny used to make a really nice parawa do and I own one of those. And mum does now. Piritsi, that's plates, or poaka makariri, a fridge. So poaka, box, makariri, cold, a cold box, a fridge. Kweranga kupu hau e pāna ki te kaupapa mō tēnei wiki o te reo Māori, he kai.
A few words to get you kick-started off on this week's theme for Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, kai food. For more information about Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, head to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahikā. I'm Maraia Rakaraku. And I'm Justin Murray, and this is Te Ahikā. When you apply for a new job, it can be pretty daunting. I remember one time I applied for this job in Rotsuru about five years ago, walked into the room and it was a boardroom, and the table had about eight panellists sitting around there all with their googly eyes looking at this pretty scared, intimidated girl at the time. And um, I remember the hardest thing was keeping track of everybody's questions. Did they all ask questions? They all asked questions. I had it when you're sitting in job interviews and no, but, and only one or two of them ask questions and the other three say nothing. Yeah, it's pretty also, scary. Are you judging me? <laughs> Makes you nervous. Hey, what about when they make you do those aptitude tests? Hone is married to Hini, Hini's sister, Hau Māori there marries Hone's brother, Hami. Hami was married to Hone's other sister, Hani. Therefore, what is Hani's relationship to Hini? Hoha hoki na mea. Yeah, I uh, Well, for Glenis, Philip, Barbara, Nongati Ngāti her interview was, well, hard out. But of course it had to be. She was going for the top job as Chief Executive of the Māori Language Commission, Te Tauruwhiri i Te Reo Māori. I kōrero a Justine Kiaia ki roto i tōna tari ki te whanganui atara. Justine met Glenis at her Wellington office. Ako Justine Murray tēnei mo te hōtaka te ahikā i roto i ngā tari o Te Tauruwhiri i Te Reo Māori. I tēnei wā, i noho ana ki tāku taha, ko te kaiwhakahaere matua, hau, a te puari nei. Uh, ko Glenis Philip Barbara. Kia ora e te whaia. Kia ora rā. Ko te mea tuatahi uh, me, me kōrerohia mai tō tō pēpeha tō whakatau ki pēha. Oh, he wiwi nāti tēnei e noho ake nei <laughs> no te tai rāwhiti. Uh, Kore purua ko rangituki a ngā kāinga o te tai rāwhiti engari uh, inga rā kua pahuri i noho au ki tūranga uh, hei kaimahi mō te kuritini o te tai rāwhiti. Ko koe he kānohi hau ki, ki te whanganui a tara, ne? Oai. <laughs> Nō reira, me pēhia tō noho ikonei, tēnei taone nui. Atu e te makariri. <laughs> karawi, karawi te noho ki te whanganui a tara. Kei konei wetahi o ngā whānau o Ngāti Prau. Ai. Maha, maha. Ai. O rātau, o tātau ki konei. Nō reira, he ahua mahana te, te pōhiri mai o tēnei taone nui ki tēnei wiwi. E hianga rā e mahi ana e koe i roto i tēnei tūranga, te, te wā poto ne? Ai, te wā tino poto ko tēnei te tematanga o te wiki tuatoru. Tuatoru? Tuatoru. Mm. So, me kōrerohia mai pēhia tō rā tuatahi i konei? He rawe, he rawe ngā rā tematanga, nō te mea mahana te pōhiri mai o ngā kaimahi o te taurawhiri i te reo Māori. Um, hei tematanga i roto i te tūnga nei, uh, ka hui hui au ki a rātau, ki te āta whakarongo mō ngā whāenga, mō ngā wawata, mō ngā āhuatanga katoa o te komihana nei, eh, i tēnei wā um, kotau, kotau te noho. Mm. I rongo au i te kōrero um, i, i tō pōhiri uh, ki nā tari o te, o te puni kōkiri, te maha hoki o ngā whānau nō... Gisborne make in Nonati Pro if I Haria Mikey Kite Totoki Yakwini. Oh, I te fano. Kote fano tena he Kiona Hime Nuitena te Totoko te fano, kite tangata, um, Haramai Rato 
te ātitiro haere pēhe te ahua <laughs> o tēnei taone nui nei, uh, pēhe te ahua o te komihana nei, uh, haramai hei tautoko, hei rau aroha mōku. He mea nui tēnā ki au. Mm. Glennis, um, shia hatau mahi i mui tēnei tūranga ki Ngāti Parau? Koe te tahi o ngā kaitiaki o te marautanga me kei, uh, me ngā āhuatanga whakapāoho, uh, me wera tūmomo mahi. Pai tēnā ki au nō te mea, he mea nui te mātauranga, um, mō te hāpuri nō reira, rawe ngā mahi i reira. Nō reira, kei rongi i tērā whakaaro, hia hanga mea rereke o tērā mahi ki tēnei. Ah, te mahano o te taone. <laughs> te, te, ma, te mahano o te, te haua tāwhiri, me kei. Um, he taone eti uh, atūranga, ka mōhio te katoa hea tō neke-neketanga mai tēnā wiki ki tēnei wiki. Mm. Um, he taone whānui a tāmaki makaurau, he āhua, um, he āhua rereke nga neke-neke-tanga um, kai raru i te maru o te kawana uh, kai rotu i tēnei taone engari kai te akotonu ki ngā huarahi me ngā ahuatanga pai He whānau wau? Ai, ai, ai Kai te koenga, taku darling uh, Anik, me Kai Ngāti Parau? Kai, kai tūranga kai, oh, nee. kai tūranga, so, ko koe, yeah Ko koe anaki Ai Tainua ki te mutunga o te tau no te mea kai te kura tonu wetahi o ngā tamariki, he mea nui kia raua kia mutu pai ai te tau kai tō, rā, kai tō raua ake kura mm. nō reira haramai au um, <laughs> te noho āhua moke 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 yeah, mo te tematanga engari eh, kia māua kone ko te mea nui kia tau ngā tamariki nō reira koera te āho te ao so tēnā pia ka waia e koe ki ara, ki arata, i ara, i ara, ni? Oh, ai, oh, ai, kia <laughs> ātatiro haere me pēhe te haere, te neke haere o taku whare. Engari, <laughs> kei te pai a Nick, kei te pai a hiria a kātene ngā tamariki te kāinga. Ko toko hia o tamariki? Toko whā. Toko whā? Engari, kua wehe um, toko rua. O, oh, toko rua ki te yeah. whare wānanga? Ko tētahi ki um, ākarana, ko tētahi ki pāmutana. I was born actually in Wellington. Um, My father was in the army and we were living at Fort Dorset. Raised all over the country, Um, again, army father, which means we moved quite a lot. Um, But I was really fortunate in that my nan was an extremely um, onto it nanny and she made sure that my sister and I were um, shipped home from wherever we were living in the Motu, Tiripurua, home to our marae, um, home to the cousins, home to the ahika, um, home for whatever hui was going on or whoever was staying at the marae and so that's grounded us in our te rāwhititanga. Siblings? Oh yeah, two sisters. Two sisters. I'm the oldest and apparently the bossiest. Um, <laughs> so they tell me. Uh, but yeah, two sisters, one living in London with her whānau. Um, she's a teacher um, working with kids over there and another younger sister who works at the Polytechnic, actually. She's one of the administrators at in, Toihau Kura. Oh, at Tairawhiti. At Tairawhiti, yeah. So you spent a lot of time in Gisborne? Lots of time in Gisborne. Um, and really, as I said before, my 
my nan and her wisdom um, understood that as the Rolling Stone family we were, it was important for us to be grounded. So I'm very much a um, Ngāti Rangi, Ngāti Prau, Ngāti Hatu girl at heart. Um, Ripurua is my favourite place in the world, um, followed very closely by Rangitukia. Um, you know, Ripurua boasts a population of about five at the moment. Um, <laughs> Rangitukia significantly more than that, and I won't even guess at a number. Yeah. But um, they are mm. the two places where I feel most at home. You've got four children? Four, four children, yep. Yeah. So the eldest is 24, and um, our baby's coming up 13. He'll be 13 on Friday. What other mahi have you been involved with? I was the Director of Business Development at Tairafti Polytechnic, so um, part of a very small, dynamic senior management team. Um, and our focus was really on aligning the Polytechnic's programmes and activities to the needs of the community. So I, I really enjoyed that mahi. I still believe that education is really important, that um, people who have good educational opportunities get to transform their living circumstances. And I've seen it time and time and time again. So passionately involved in that mahi for six years at Tairawhiti Polytechnic. Six years. Mm. You spoke about a brief stint in, in Tauranga Moana. Yeah, well, I got my first job in Tauranga Moana, actually. Howard Palmer gave me a job as, the, as an accounts officer for um, the then Māori Affairs. Um, and that was really my start in the public service. From there, I kind of moved around the country a bit, um, did a stint um, with uh, social welfare as a benefits and pensions officer, um, did some work with Quest Rapuara then um, as a careers advisor, um, decided to go to university with three kids in tow, which is um, always a smart move. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's, that's very brave of you. You mean you've well, juggled motherhood and your education, three yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually inspired by a client of mine. I was a benefits and pensions officer, and a um, DPB client invited me to graduation. Oh. And I was pretty blown away by that. And then a, a good friend of mine and her mum kind of got on my case, really, and um, encouraged me strongly to go to university. So I thought, well, why not? So off I went. Absolutely loved the experience. Have um, not looked back um, since completing that degree. Um, ended up in Auckland working for Linda Smith and the team at IDI, the Indigenous Research Institute, um, did some mahi at Massey University, running the Student Learning Centre, just a whole range of interesting things. What but, was your degree um, in? Yeah. So sociology and Māori studies, Hapai. and um, I'm currently working on finishing a, a master's in management. I've been more kind of enamoured with the community kind of work that I've done over the years, um, just as much Grouch, as my grassroots stuff. Eh? Work, yeah. So kōhanga reo, kura kaupapa Māori. Um, marae-based stuff, hapu development, mahi, just any project that's going on that I think has got um, some real kikawa in it for ordinary people on the ground, that tends to be where my heart is. Yeah. Mm. So when you decided to go back to Whariwananga, that has really helped to fill your kete at that time? Yeah, well, it opened my, broadened my horizons, I guess, and connected me to um, the world of academia. And I think I've always been a nerd. Um, going to university just really um, confirmed my <laughs> geekdom. Um, I still read voraciously. Um, 
like to be informed, like to meet and talk with interesting people about their facade or their ideas. So, yeah, I think I am a bona fide geek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to know how has Te Reo, in terms of your mahi here, CEO of the Māori Language Commission, how or when did Te Reo Māori, how has it been a part of your life? I had I had a revelation at some point. I realised that because my mother's a native speaker and my nan and everybody in our wider whānau has the most amazing drill. What's mum and nanny's name? Um, mum is, my mum's name is Materoa and she's a teacher at um, Te Kura or Manutuki in, in Tairawhiti. And my nan's name's Hedia, and um, they had the most incredible, incredible reel. And so I grew up hearing this reel all around me, and it wasn't until I was an adult and had children of my own that I thought, oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> how come koreko oku reel? And so I, I decided to learn and do something about it, and I had this revelation moment um, when I realised that actually the sum total of my efforts for me as an individual, would mean nothing if my children didn't have the reel. So we did this complete kind of 360. My son, um, my children all ended up going to Kohanga. Um, And it was through Kohanga that I was exposed to the language and opportunities to learn. And then I um, picked up the reel Māori when I went to university. So it's really, my children have been the driving kind of force behind my absolute love for our reo. And so did te reo Māori become a part of your household? Oh, yeah. Everything was labelled. We had different sentence structures on the walls around the table every week. I was one of those geeks that had word cards in my pocket um, so that I could improve my vocabulary. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to study with a group of friends who were just as passionately committed to the reo. And so we would run our own noho, we would have our own study groups, we were just a crazy bunch of individuals. But it's about the kōrero, isn't it? You know, it's a speaking language yeah, to reo Māori. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And those opportunities to kōrero we would create for ourselves. Um, my children grew up with the reo Māori as their first language because I was determined to repair the, well, what I saw as the whati with me and my sisters and that you know, we weren't raised with the Reo Māori as a first language, and I wanted to repair that in my own lifetime. So, wow, it makes you pretty driven. It does, yeah. <laughs> because no, you're right. I mean, yeah. sorry, I'm just thinking of my own personal journey of the Reo Māori being so just fakama and and speaking it because you're scared you might fatsi, you mm. might tapipe, you might um, have the wrong kind of um, constructions. Oh, so yeah. it's a bit, I mean, it's that whole mental thing. It's Do a big th- deal. It is. It's a big deal, but, you know, when you're actually driving a kaupapa for people who you care about deeply, and, I mean, who else on this earth would we lie down and die for if not our children, then it helps you get over all of that stuff. I mean, you know, I have to be honest and say that, you know, here I am in this role. My passion is in managing, organising, um, research and all the other skills around a position of this calibre and I'm going to work on my reel so that it is of a standard that is befitting the commission. I mean, I have other skills to offer, yep. but, you know, my reel is still in development and there are many of us in this position whose reel is still in development and we just have to keep chipping away at it. Mm. But I'm just blessed to be surrounded by people who have the most fantastic skills and capabilities in the reo Māori. How did you come to apply for the job, Glennis? Well, <laughs> yeah, like everybody, I guess, I had huge hang-ups about applying. Um, 
But I, I sat, what were some of those hang-ups? You know, I, I imagine that um, my reo had to be of the highest standard to be worthy. And um, in many cases, I would expect that it is, um, that it should be. And I've, you know, committed to attending to that in the next wee while. But when I, when I looked at the range of skills that I'd gathered over my working and learning journey, um, definitely the passion for te reo Māori, um, as I said before, inspired by my children and wanting to repair that break in our whakapapa where native speakers turned into English speakers um, in one generation only, I'm pleased to report. Um, I have had the opportunity to develop high-performing teams in tricky and difficult circumstances over the years, so small, high-powered, high-performing teams. And I thought that that was a skill that perhaps the Commission might be looking for. Because you worked at Tairawhiti Polytechnic where there was only a few Māori? Yeah, well, at Tairawhiti Polytechnic where um, we needed a small number of people to cover quite a lot of ground. Right. Um, <clears throat> so they needed to be committed, skilled and passionately engaged in their mahi. And um, so that was that. But I've had experience of building teams like that in other places as well. Mm. So it's something that I know that I can do and do well. Um, I am a very conscientious, um, hard-working person. And so that was another set of skills. And I've always had dreams and aspirations for the real in Aotearoa. So... In the end, I was t- driving myself crazy thinking about it. <laughs> so I had a good yak to my mum. And she said to me, look, babe, just all you can do is present yourself honestly, what you have, who you are, and your kete as it is, and see what they say. And, and I guess in the end, that made it easy because it wasn't my decision to make. All I could do was present what I had, yep. who I am, and mm. then the decision was theirs. Mm. Mm. So you got the call back or you went for, I mean, without giving away any trade secrets of, you know. (laughs) It was a rigorous process and I have to say it's right up there as one of the most scary, um, challenging experiences of my life. I mean, I was interviewed by the creme de la creme of the real real Māori speaking world uh, in Māori. So you can imagine... Scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that, that room would have been filled with aroha too, because they would have known. But, you know, these are people who want the best for te reo, and they made no bones about that. That's not to say that they didn't make me and my whānau feel welcome. Um, they were fantastic. But, you know, one of the, right up there is one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life. But that's as it should be. Um, for a role like this, that's absolutely as it should be. So, yeah, I... I was uh, well and truly, um, yeah, humbled, actually. So when you walked out of that room on the day of that particular interview, having spoken with some of the best speakers in Te Reo, um, how did you feel? Do you remember that feeling? Ah, that feeling, uh, trepidation. Um, Actually, we all went downstairs and um, ordered a stiff drink. It was (laughs) 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but boy, Kari, I mean, I think it was Uncle Taina who started it, and Mum was not far behind him. And, um, yeah, we... It was exhilarating, frightening, um, and we really didn't know what to expect because you never know um, what the calibre of the other applicants is. But um, they 
gave me feedback, obviously. We kind of sat and just settled ourselves, but, man, it was pretty full on. <laughs> <laughs> Glennis, in the brief time that you've had the role, can you already think of some changes, however, ahakoa he itzi, he rahi, he nui, um, that you want to implement within Te Taura Whiri Te Reo Māori? I guess my focus for this first wee while has been on um, listening and learning. Um, I spent the first few days in the role um, just speaking with the kaimahi, took the opportunity to meet with each of them one-to-one. We went out for a cup of tea, and I just spent good time listening to them and, um, you know, their aspirations, the the kind of huarahi forward uh, for the commission, the kind of work that they've been involved in, their observations around what's worked well in the past and what hasn't worked so well. Um, there's always um, a treasure in collective wisdom and so I've really enjoyed that process of um, just talking with everybody I've also been sitting alongside um, the team here as they conduct the lead up to the wiki o te reo Māori um, and attend to the business of the commission it's been, it's been a good time for me to just listen and learn Kia ora, Glennis Philip Barbara, the CEO of Te Tauriwhiri i Te Reo Māori, the Māori Language Commission. Here she is again, Aneira Glennis Philip Barbara, me te whakamārama o te whakatauki mō tēnei wiki. Mā tini mā mano ka rapa te whai. By large numbers the chase be spread out. Um, this is a whakatauki that really talks about the, the strength of the collective. Um, it talks about how when we get large numbers of people cooperating, um, perhaps across the motu, that we can make the kinds of gains that small, isolated little groups, perhaps in Wellington, cannot. And while it was the wiki o te reo Māori, Every day, eh, should be kōrero or Māori. Just ask those kura kaupapa, whare kura and kōhana reo kids. They always look puzzled around to wiki o te reo Māori, which is great, eh? It's so normalised. They can't see what all the fuss is about. I tell you, the one thing that I, that I really love is going shopping and hearing a father speak te reo to his kids. You kind of take a bit of a double double take. And it's not just kia ora, ai, kao. It's hard out conversations. Ko mai te praua, tikina tu he praua. So, ai. Kawe e patua. Ai. You know, Next week we've got an Indigenous Native American woman talking about her ogwitch or mokokowai. I met her at the Indigenous People's Traditional Knowledge Conference two months ago. That's Karen Vigneault. While it's a relative novelty now, live music accompanying movies was standard back in the day, and Mariah reports back on that next week. Nā mihi atu ki nā kai kōrero i tēnā wiki. Hoia no nā kai kōrero Ia wiki, ia wiki, mena kai rā wiki wiki mihini, kia ora rā. Nā reira kia koutou e tautoko wani i te reo rangatira mo tēnei wiki, he mihi mai o hati nei kia tātou. Hoki mai whānau hei tērā rā tapu. Mauri ora tātou katoa.